uncalled for. Nobody has to put up with that. Who do you think this is? Anyway? Hey, get back here. Hey. Gypped. Now, you see what's happening here is we're playing Fascination. You're joining me in the Fascination Parlor here with my family at Knobles. That's right. We came back to Knobles. Here we are for what they call the Hallow Fun Weekends, Halloween celebrations at Knobles. Kind of a birthday gift to my kids and my wife. Kind of get away for the whole bunch of us. Adriana with us, of course. And I think I told you about the fascination game, right? It was a big thing at Coney Island when I was a kid. And there were very few of them in existence anymore, these fascination parlors. It's a building where you go in and everybody's sitting at these tables. It's kind of like a cross between skee-ball and bingo. All the tables are wired together, and you're rolling these balls into these holes, and when you get, like, a diagonal or a cross or up and down filled in, you win that round, and you get tickets, and you get prizes, and you, some certain rounds you get to spin a wheel and get extra tickets, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. And it's real Americana. This stuff is old-school tech. Miles and Lily been doing well. I haven't done... Jack shit. Wife won some, but not me. Nothing. So I may as well take this opportunity to welcome you to Buckaroo Holiday. Those of you who are new to Buckaroo Holiday, and there are a lot of you. There are a whole bunch of you. Skunked again. Anyway, uh, yeah, September of 2021 was a special commission show where, where I took everybody on a family road trip to Knobles. Might not be your cup of tea, but it's there if you want to hear it. Okay, hold up a second. Here we go. Come to Papa. <laughs> Maybe he needs a new pair of shoes. And, and of all times for me to win, I won at a diagonal day. Yeah, I know. Mm. Very cool. So anyway, look, multitasking is one thing, but I can't do this show while I'm playing this game, so let me just put some music on, all right? That's what you want, right? You don't want to hear me do this. So let's uh, start with the ill-fated James Ray, young man who had a couple of hits in the early 60s, around 62, and then uh, killed himself with drugs, unfortunately. He did a song you've heard on the show already, Got My Mind Set On You, which George Harrison covered many years later and had a big hit with and james ray had a bunch of nice records sam cook kind of a style and then it's a vocal version of a piece by william walton that i've also played on the show before touch her soft lips and part sir william wrote it for a 1944 i think movie henry v shakespeare and for me the beauty of it is that it has a sense of that old english melodicism with 20th century harmonies. Perfect combination for me. 
Then it's something from Bong Peñera, who's a Filipino composer and pianist. That's pianist, not penis. Those of you who got caught up in our recent sex show on the Patreon might have thought otherwise. Just want to straighten you out there. By the way, that one went over really big, so I'm going to have to do the sequel on that. So those of you who are members of the Patreon, get ready, get the lube. Anyway, back to the Bong Piñera song. It's called Sadako Paroon, which means over there, but it has nothing to do with George M. Cohen. Anyway, welcome to Buckaroo Holiday. Okay, let's get one here. Come on, let's do this.
just received word that a dear friend of mine is in the hospital and is not doing well at all. He's got pneumonia and he's uh, unconscious and things don't look good. I don't know much more about it, but it's uh, upsetting. And um, I'm talking about it now because I'm trying to like will it to go the right way, which is ridiculous, but I'm I don't know, you know, people deal with things in various ways. The day that I found my brother's corpse on the floor of the old family home, about 10 years or so ago, 12 years, his body covered with fentanyl patches. That night I had a deadline. I had a review to get in for the New York Post for a DVD, a cartoon. So I watched the stupid thing. I got on the phone with my nephew who knew about this cartoon, which I knew nothing about, and we had a discussion about it, and I wrote the piece, and it was um, okay, you know? And I and I mentioned it because it took a kind of compartmentalizing that uh, still strikes me as very strange, but I'm doing it right now. Although, right now, we're not in the position where it's as dire, and it's possible it won't be. And I do like being in this unstable moment where it could go the right way. As strange as that sounds, I've, I've dealt with too many deaths and too many lost friends. 
And this is a big one, so I'm, I just I have to imagine that it won't happen. But I will dedicate this show with love to my dear buddy Steve. And whichever way it goes, one hope I have is that he didn't take advantage of early voting. He'll enjoy that. We have severe political differences. And um, we'll talk about it sometimes. Sometimes we refuse to talk about it. I'll call him an idiot. And he'll call me names too, but I'm not going to pay attention. He's a fucking idiot. So anyway, what kind of a set do you do after that? Well, I'm not going to make too big a deal out of it. That's what. But I am going to have a song by John Taverner, the 16th century composer, in nomine, which is based on a prayer of thanksgiving. And I am thankful for Steve's friendship all these many years and all those to come. Before that, I'm going to play something kind of lighthearted. It's a track by Paul Westerberg, the old children's song, Mr. Rabbit. I don't know. I just like it. And we'll start with a live track from 1945 by a singer named Joanne Ryan, relatively forgotten singer. The Wish That I Wish Tonight. And you know what that is.
Mr. Rabbit Your coat is mighty gray Yes, this guy is made that Long. Yes, by God, they put on wrong. Yeah, 
In nomine. Hey, John Taverner. Now, I was making a big deal for a while about how I was going to, like, stop doing these shows here and moving them to the Patreon. But then I got an influx of new listeners over here. So I figured, why not just keep doing it for a while anyway? Let's see how it goes. Maybe some of them will join us in the Patreon. Maybe some of them will drift away. Maybe some of them will tell their friends to listen. I don't know, but I'm going to do more here. But speaking of the Patreon, I got a lot of nice comments about the Sid Barrett show, and I appreciate that. It seems to have led people to Sid Barrett, which is the best outcome of these shows, turning people on to stuff that I love that they may not have explored really before. And for those of you who are new listeners and don't know it, I do have a Patreon. It's usually, the link is usually on the uh, Podbean page for this show. And you can, you know, kick in five bucks a month, three bucks a month, whatever the hell, and hear a whole bunch of other shows that I'm doing there. It helps me fund some stuff that I do, art projects and things like that. And it also supports the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and St. Jude Children's Hospital. And some of the people over there communicate a lot, and that's kind of nice to have that little forum about the shows and everything. And this is kind of a tangent, but after doing the Sid show, I thought about playing a song by this band called Sid Matters. I assume they got their name from Sid Barrett. I'm not really sure. It's not like their music has a lot to do with his. But it's nice stuff, and they're French, so, you know, why not give it a listen? It's going to kill you. And I'm going to follow that with something from Stiff Records. When I was a kid, I would buy just about every release that came out on Stiff Records, all the singles anyway. And here's one that probably gets forgotten often. Jane Eyre and the Belvedere's. For a brief period, they were making a big deal about Akron, Ohio. I think it was kind of ironic, but there were a lot of good bands that came out of Akron, so, you know, what the hell. And this single, Yankee Wheels, is really the only record they did I liked, but I think it's really cool. It's from 1978. Then we're going to jump back to 1956 for a piece of film music written by Franz Waxman, the great film composer. He did the scores for countless movies. Among them, let's see, Demetrius and the Gladiators, one of my childhood favorites, Rear Window, uh, Bride of Frankenstein, Sunset Boulevard, whole lot of things. And this is a piece called Nostalgia from the soundtrack of the movie Crime in the Streets, which was John Cassavetti's breakthrough role. I think it's really striking. Anyway, here's Sid Matters. A tree I wish you had a lighter in the hand. Boys, they burn brighter in their twenties With the years I hope she tries to understand Oh, 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 oh Be a good kid, you shut up and watch the show Just choir, almighty It sings to you all the things you need to know i 
to be a brown. Television there, of course, with Days from their second album. I don't know if I've ever played that before on the show, but felt like hearing it. And wanted to throw in a little bonus cut at the end of that set. It's a buckaroo bonus. And I wanted to mention that before you heard the television song, you heard that piece of soundtrack music from Crime in the City. Cassavetes played the juvenile delinquent character in that one. And he played the same role in the television version of that, which was about a year earlier. See, television... And then I played television. Isn't that clever? But anyway, the point is, his kid brother on the television version was played by Van Dyke Parks. How's that for a kind of crossing of legends, hmm? While I'm on that topic, over the years I've picked up this enormous collection of Criterion DVDs. I used to always go like twice a year. I think they'd do one in November and they would do one in uh, July, something like that, of uh, 
50% off the Criterion collection at Barnes & Noble. So I'd always buy stacks of these things. And so I have shelves full of them. And a lot of them I've never watched, most of them. So I've been trying to catch up with some of that. After all, clock is ticking, you know what I mean? When I see these movies before I kick it. I watched a couple of really interesting ones recently. I watched uh, King of Jazz, which was a review kind of a film with the Paul Whiteman band, which was a terrific band. And um, it was an early color thing. It was an early uh, two-strip Technicolor, I think they call it. There's um, this great, almost hand-colored looking thing. You know the way hand-tinted photos used to look? It has that look to it. It's just beautiful. And they did a lot of effects with that in mind, the particular effect that the color process would cause. They tried to use that aesthetically. And it's a gorgeous sort of art deco kind of sensibility to it. And all these amazing performances, some comedy performances, a lot of musical performances. Bing Crosby before he was a star, when he was a member of the Rhythm Boys. And one really amazing bit of footage they're kind of going through all the members of the Whiteman band and they're doing little specialty numbers as part of a large medley. And there's this one shot where it's Joe Venuti and Eddie Lang, man, Eddie Lang. Not too much footage of him around. Great guitar player, Joe Venuti, of course, the great fiddle player, violinist. And maybe I'll talk a little more about this later, but uh, just watched one called People on Sunday, which was a silent film from 1930, which was late in the silent era, but this was made in Germany in your, uh, your Weimar Republic over there. But it's uh, an unusual picture for a few reasons, and maybe I'll get into that a little later. I do got to tell you, we're going to have an episode of Willie's Plastic Waffle coming on here today. And as always, it arrives unbidden. It just turns up in the middle of the show. We've arranged to have a warning system so that people can cock an ear to their device when that part of the show comes on because people love it so. So I'm just going to proceed with the show. And when you hear that alarm, we're just going to stop what we're doing. It's our habit here. We just drop whatever we're doing. And we uh, go right to Willie's show, Willie's segment, uh, the plastic waffle there. So in the meantime, let's get back into the show. And I think most of you know that I live here on Long Island. And we Long Islanders couldn't be prouder of our native son. Our own Bach, Beethoven, and Beatles rolled up in one. Talking about Billy Joel. Don't blame him for starting the fire. A golden oldie. So, Willie, here we are with another episode. Yet another episode. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's getting kind of tired, if you ask me. All right, well, I'll find some more selections that'll take care of that. Well, let's see what you brought for us today. Of course, the Straubs. They're one of my favorite guys. Yeah, you're a big Straubs fan. Oh, I just, I don't know. Straubs, even a lot of Prague fans don't really cotton to the Straubs. Why no. is that? Well, I think because he sort of has connections to and started as folk rock. Folk well, what the fuck was, rock. yes, for yeah. crying out loud. And then he got to the Straubs. I mean, give the guy a break, you know. Right. But, I mean, it seems like I, I've seen overt hostility towards the Straubs. What would, what, do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I don't know if I've seen overt hostility, but... Um, it's like a Trumpian disgust aimed at the Straubs. That I can't, uh, I, can't I, 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 I can't fathom. I can't tolerate. No, right. Well, it's, it's wrong. It's just plain wrong. 
The Strobes are who? Dave Cousins. Dave Cousins, I was just going to say. He's the guy. Rick Wakeman was in the Strobes for he was, yep, and, a minute. And then, of course, the earliest stuff in, like, 68 was um, included uh, Sandy Danny singing, so I have a couple oh, of Oh, that's those. right. Uh, I forgot about that. I love that. that stuff because that's folk. Yeah. I mean, it's a band, but it's definitely still folk. So you got, you got Strobes for us? Uh, oh, do I? Yeah. Pieces of 79 and 15, I think, is uh, What does that mean? It's like example. 25 or 6 to 4. You don't want to know. No, I won't ask. <laughs> you know, I figured it's easier just you, to... What you want, you wanted everything handed to you. That, that's your problem. Especially since there's so much new stuff added now that I brought today. <laughs> so anyway, pieces of 79 and 15, right? That sound. Pieces of 79 and 15 Drifting along the jungle you It also has like free design. A great Straub song, and we, you, you you love the Straubs. You, you like, you've said this numerous times in our uh, yeah. They have a years. spot. They have a, a certain spot right in the um, in the spectrum. So we'll hear, we'll hear another one. We'll do two Straub songs, a double play. I'm gonna I'm gonna like insert right here a uh, 
like like a self-created double play, double play, double play sound effect. We'll do. We okay. can do that. And here we it is. It's a plastic waffle double play. So here's the second Strobe song. Tell me something about it. It was on my way. It's earlier, so it's got a little bit more of that incredible string band folk rock. Steel Ice Span. Steel Ice Span. Fairport Convention. Yep. This is uh, Denny, Sandy yeah. Denny. Yeah. The, the great Sandy Denny. And a great uh, example of um, the combination, the point where it's folk, it's English folk rock, sort of like a pop song. Uh, and it has piece. something that sounds much more exotic to us, but to the English, I would imagine that it's sort of like their mamas and papas. Yes. Or free design or, or spanky in our gang kind of thing. Yeah. With but to us, it sounds a little more exotic because it has that uh, yeah. medieval, you it know, does. whatever the fuck. So let's go. Jackson C. Franks, Lady Love. Same story.
tell me about that sing-along quality, right? Yeah, I was just thinking about that again. Something that I've noticed, a distinction in English folk rock singing is they have a very kind of loose and free approach to the singing where it doesn't need to be perfect. It's, it just seems like a, a bunch of people in a pub maybe singing together. You know, with right, you really want to convey light. that feeling that yeah, that the bunch of us raised in voice, rather than feeling. a very slick type. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think is perfect. I, I think it really adds to the whole effect. The subject of the song is, I'm on my way and they, it won't be long. Perhaps it could be this afternoon. I don't know absolutely, you know, but I'm on my way and I'm pulling up my roots. Mm -hmm. And I'm moving on. And it's sung with this great kind of... Um, Oh well, this is how like it's going to be. Like a nonchalance. Yeah, yeah, kind of, you know. Um, uprooting and yeah, make, move into the future. So I think that really adds to the whole um, carefree, kind of loose <laughs> effect of the whole song. Really feels real, real like a nice place somehow, even though they might have to yeah. be moving. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, like a freedom rather than a, being, yeah. being forced to change. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah, right? That, that's a lightness in it. It's like Homeward Bound by Paul Simon right, in a way. Right. That, that, sense of possibility even though a lot of the song is uh, darker in mood yeah it has that release yeah all right so here you go <laughs> Oh my god, really? They're, they're doing slim? <laughs> Who's the guitarist? Alvino Ray, of course. It is Alvino Ray. Okay. It's an Alvino Ray record. I like the concrete. Who wants a bucket of cement? Who wants a bucket of cement? Oh, that's hilarious. What a betrayal. You get some gravel for it in the vault. To mix a mess of mortar, you add some mat and water. See the Malaroonie come out, slip, slip, slip. Cement mixer, putty putty. Cement mixer, putty putty. Cement mixer, putty putty. Thank you, sir. Well, yeah, Willie is. Here's uh, to you. Well, he's gotten himself a chicken parm sandwich while you were busy listening to the music, and uh, now we I made us a pair of buckaroos. So uh, here's to this and us and you, and thank absolutely. you. Absolutely.
Mm. Mm -hmm. In a proper JFK glass, too, you know. Oh, that definitely has to the experience. It's made according to true st the proper specs. Ooh, I love that uh, bitters. Is so great. That's a mighty fine cocktail, I think. Oh, I love it. I named the whole freaking show after this cocktail. You know what I'm saying? That tells me something. It ain't gonna be some, uh, you know, some namby pam. It ain't it's gonna, gonna be some other cocktail show. Nah, nah it's gonna be. It's just, <laughs> it's just, no. Be, uh, welcome to uh, Frozen Daiquiri. No, 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 that doesn't work. No. Yeah, Buckaroo Holiday was in the uh, crossword puzzle. Really? <laughs> First movement of Aaron Copeland's Rodeo. Buckaroo or, or Blank Holiday. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's something. Um, hey, drink up here. What are you doing? So here's a... Um, growing trees? Oh, you're right. I like that. Now, a lot of those type of jingles, you know, like that one and um, Carolina, the extra long grain rice. They used to, they still use them when we were kids. You know, they came, they came from like the fucking 40s, and they would still use them. And it was such an eerie feeling because it really was like something from the past, you know, this this thing that was still in active use. It was like meeting somebody from the Civil War, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, right. I would hear those things. There used to be that show, The Milkman's Matinee. And they had that theme that they'd been using since the 40s. It's The Milkman's Matinee. And it gave me the willies, the, the personal. <laughs> But you know what I mean? It has that it had oh, yeah. that 40s vocal sound that you didn't hear in those days. So the fact that yes. it was on the radio and being used as a as a contemporary theme was just so like always surprising. I don't know. I don't know. Oh yeah, no, it, a lot of it carried something. A lot of things about it contributed to that effect. The sound of it, you know, and mm -hmm. Yeah. Just the way the harmonies were spooky. written and delivered. Yeah. When the world should all be sleeping. And the melody comes creeping. It's no cabaret at the milkman's matinee. Uh, production. Oh, skipping? Oh, yeah. give me that. How am I so lucky, though? <laughs> give, me, give me that. That's like fucking golden. I know how I, I think I'm lucky, but it's because whatever the time cycle in a skip is we can yeah, we can, we can pick assign up point, a time signature the pickup point and yeah, the, yeah and, the, and the end point yeah <laughs> all right well what i'll do i was talking about that with Irwin today yeah you know he said he, i said well you know willie collects things like great skips and things oh, yeah. and he says oh skips can be great if you can really get a good one and, uh, who's <laughs> who's luckier than people that have you know good sized collections yeah because you get gonna, the good skips you're gonna get you're not gonna get the good skips if you have a couple of popular <laughs> records <laughs> you're not gonna get them i mean the this is very important skips. the good skips <laughs> the good skips lollipop i'll tell you <laughs> Who would have thought we'd good Who would have thought it would go, have gotten to this point? Good skips. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> it's so, See, it comes full cycle. It's, it's so absurd. Far up our it's, own asses. It's incredible. It's, you know, I mean. Oh, geez, so this is, this. this is six eight. Oh. I mean, I love that. I, it's that's that's spectacular. 
This is Horn's major seven. This is just whatever. And this is just horns. Oh, God, you, you, so, you really find them. So let me tell you. <laughs> um, you know, there's so much stuff. You're giving me all these, right? There's so much, <laughs> obviously. There's so much stuff, right? Yeah. That working with skips, well, you have to do, you have to put some work into some real uh, detailed editing. Yeah. You know? But it's such a usable thing. If you want to try to actually clean up the um, the loud sound of the skip, because that's the loudest sound only because it's a right, right. thing it peaks, with the needle. Yeah. But and all you have to do is put the work, a little bit of it's work into it. It's instant magic if you get a good one. If you could, if you can really like present it, it's like a specimen, you know, like you you want to yeah. put it in the right frame or something, you know. And you know, then you'd have to find the right things to use it with. So you need some, you need some time, but it's just. Is this is this sonar sounds? This is like because it sounds very underwater. Submarine this is just like sounds from an album called "The Science of Sound." <laughs> so what are you saying? It's just sounds. I'm asking you what the sound is. You tell me it's just sounds. You tell me you tell me it's just sounds. Okay. Uh, Hot town, somewhere yes! in the city. That's it. You got it. <laughs> Bam, hot town. Very good. I'm so glad you got it. Ah. See that? The world, the, the world of uh, identification it sounds. That's great. I'm really happy. Wait, which one was that? Oh. If it disturbs us or is unwanted, the sound is noise. I got a good composer one for you next. Check this number out. Right, before we play it, what do we need here? The theme music to 12 O'Clock High. Ooh. But you know, what's a composer? That's the thing. Mr. Frontieri. Dominic Frontieri. Yeah, Ooh. isn't that good? Ooh, yeah. Really nice piece of music, you know? Very stately. Yes. But it's graduation music, but a well done kind of thing.
actual name of the piece is Park Avenue Beat. I think it's from the Warner Brothers movies. Fred Steiner. Excellent. I guess it's Max Steiner's brother or something. Right? right? Okay, so this next thing, Sport, I've been wanting to play you this for a long time. It's really wonderful. And it's also another TV show theme. Okay. After this. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Playhouse 90. Wow. And that's a great show. I had a lot of episodes of that. I just love that. Really do. Now, who's, who composed that shit? That should do it, Playhouse 90. Oh, fuck. Alex North. Yeah, Playhouse right? 90, Alex North. You're talking pro, pro shit. Yeah, yeah. man. This is top echelon. <laughs> top show. Fucking Alex North. Fucking Spartacus. You're talking the Spartacus. Love theme from Spartacus, Alex North. Big times here. I got a thing here now. This is done by the women folk. The women folk. Oh 
sea meets the town Step from the shore and she drowns To just end it there is pretty stark but it sounded like Judy Hensky to me. It actually did sound like Judy Hensky. It's, uh, it's just a women folk. One of, them, one of them Judy Hensky types. Yeah. They were a uh, three. They were active from '63 to '66. That's really nice. Isn't that something? Yeah. I mean, the way they sing it, everything involved with it is just like really this sadness. You could see the expressions on their faces. Yeah, you know, because it makes a difference. Real mournful, and her uh, her alto really sells yeah, it because she's right. got that the serious. Uh oh, hold up! And here we are at the end of another of our special special times with Willie. Is it that time already? It's that. Look at that! It's that time. All, the, it's, the sands are running out of the hourglass. It is the Willie time, after all. But I still, I'm surprised. <laughs> Do you want a little extra Willie time? <laughs> <laughs> we'll we keep can, it at this current. We could extend the willy time, but uh, all right. Well, anyway, we'll get back to the regular show, and I thank you so much for uh, again making the trip down from Ithaca. That's six hours every time we do this. Always a pleasure. Well, because of all the music to look forward to, it's it's always just well worth it, for sure. <laughs> And thank you for the music you bring, my brother. Thank you. Well, there you have Willie's view. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? You never know what to expect when Willie comes down to visit. I'd like to thank him again for bringing his sounds and his thoughts and his general good nature to Buckaroo Holiday. And here we are back in Buckaroo Holiday proper. And as I record this, uh, there's an election coming up, big election, midterm American election, imminent. And uh, I know I know some of you like kind of tensing right now saying, oh, what's he going to be talking about now? Here we go with this bullshit. Well, look, I just got to tell you that I, like many of you, can't stop thinking about, yep, January 6th. I mean, I lay awake at night, man, tossing and turning, thinking about that day. That awful, awful day, which has proven to be such a blot on our collective escutcheon. And it's one of those things, I can see it now, that every time it rolls around to that date, you know, you're all excited with the new year, and then bam, there's that terrible date. Year after year, we can't have that. How can we carry that burden? So here's the thing. If you send me to Washington, what I'm going to do, I'm going to eliminate January 6th from the calendar. That's right. Just remove it. We're going to go right from January 5th to January 7th. Sort of like the way they leave the 13th floor out of office buildings. You know what I mean? Forget it. There's no such thing. Never heard of it. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow's the 7th. What are you talking about? Yeah. I know what you're thinking, though. Uh, nah, that's going to screw up the whole calendar. It's going to mess up everything. Everything. That missing day. What? How are you going to... No, 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 no. You know what? I'm going to add another Juneteenth. That's right, two Juneteenths. Juneteenth A and Juneteenth B. It's the least we can do anyhow. This year that would fall on a Monday and a Tuesday. So that gives you a four-day weekend. Win, win, win. Anyway, on another topic, I've talked before about uh, the days of the English punk movement coming in. 76, 77, and how great it was because all these stores would be filled with great singles. There were all these great little labels. 
pumping out amazing records. That's a lot of crap too, but just such choice and you could buy it a single at a time, which was great. That music was very varied. That was the thing about it. It was just DIY and it wasn't necessarily aggressive or spiky or weird, you know. And there were people, by the way, complaining in those days that everybody was putting out records, just like now. You have all these elitists talking about people putting music on the internet. You know, they want to have these gatekeepers. And then, as now, fuck them. So I'm going to play a sweet ramshackle little ditty by a band called Trixie's Big Red Motorbike called Hold Me. I think it's really charming. And likewise, an oddball girl group record from the 60s by Judy Johnson and the Perfections. Almost a klutzy sounding record, but very effective. Way out. And in between these two things, I'm going to play a piece by Fritz Kreisler, composer and violinist, au tambourin chinois. And I'll talk about that later. But here's Trixie's Big Red Motorbike. Thank you. 
about that arrangement it's kind of cluttered and it kind of stumbles around a little bit but i think it's great the british girl group records didn't have quite the same grit or soul as the american ones i think but they had something else and it's hard to describe but that had it i think it's a great record but i wanted to talk about uh, tambourin chinois the fritz kreisler piece he was an austrian violinist and he worked late 19th century, early 20th century, most of the first half of the 20th century. And that was a piece that he composed. He was a virtuoso, as you can hear on that. And he wrote the piece as a showcase for his playing, of course. But one of the things about it is there's a lot of music like this, particularly from that time period, where, you know, when you, a lot of 19th century music, the Romantic era stuff, and even earlier stuff, classical era stuff, doesn't interest me very much. Certain things, of course, I love, but most of it, I don't know, I have modern ears, I think. A lot of the composers who worked from that tradition would only become really harmonically interesting or rhythmically interesting when they were trying to do some kind of a character piece or an ethnic piece, an exotic thing, as is this one, obviously, Tambourin Chinois. It's uh, trying to create a Chinese feel. Most of Chrysler's stuff is pretty boilerplate, romantic violin music, and it just sort of sits there. But this has those great chords in it, and the piano part, and that great verve to it. And it does kind of capture something from Chinese music. I'll give you an example here. Here's a bit of what you just heard, followed by Chinese music, a traditional work called Little Piece of Hinan. See what I mean? It's pretty credible. You know, he really does get some of that in there, even though it's really just exotica from his point of view. 
I thought of playing that piece because I was talking about that thing earlier, the Paul Whiteman King of Jazz movie. There's one section in that medley that I mentioned where the string players in his band form a quartet and they're playing that piece. And I'm like, oh yeah, forgot about that piece because it has those great chords. The chords almost sound like what other composers did when they were trying to evoke American Indian music. Dum, 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 dum. Easy to sneer at these days in this uh, time of... Uh, exaggerated or entirely artificial sensitivities to appropriation, etc. Composers from all over the world did and do this, always. They hear something that they like that's sort of exotic to their ears and they use it, they adapt it. Beautiful new amalgams. And I know what you're thinking, you want to hear more of that Chinese piece. If you want to hear more Chinese music, let me know. I like Chinese music. Traditional stuff anyway, not this, you know, post-Mao shit. You'll be hearing plenty of that in the future, trust me. Not here, though. But anyway, the only point I'm trying to make is that I'm attracted to that kind of stuff where composers borrow these things. It can be kind of um, quaint, like Catelby music, which I believe I've played, or more adventurous, like Lou Harrison borrowing from Balinese music. And as I said, it happens all over the world. You can hear it in classical music and folk music of various countries and pop music of various countries. It's a wonderful thing. Just like language, music doesn't have any of these taboos. People steal what they want and what they can use, and they use it very creatively. One of the things that excites me about this stuff, and I think Willie's very sensitive to that stuff, and you hear it in a lot of the things he brings in here. And that's why you gotta, I mean you gotta, keep it right here on Buckaroo Holiday. What the hell? I, mean, I don't know what overcame me there. I, yeah, yeah, whatever. I uh, Okay, let's get to some more music, okay? You like the sweet soul, don't you? I love the sweet soul. And I got a little slice here for you, but first let me work backwards. One of the weirdest bands of all time, and one I really dig, Gentle Giant. You've heard them before. Gonna hear a track from Acquiring the Taste, and it's called Black Cat. And weird as it is, you'll be ready for it, because you're gonna spend some time, maybe four minutes plus, with a piece that's very ostinato by the composer Michael Gordon, who's one of the stalwarts of Bang on a Can, the venerable avant-garde institution in New York. He did the score for an amazing film called Decasia by Bill Morrison, who I was in touch with for a while, really nice guy. And that score was great because the film was made of pieces of disintegrating nitrate film. Weirdly emotional experience for me, and the music was played on instruments that were damaged or in other ways compromised, and the music kind of decays as the score goes on. Amazing thing. But this is a piece for cellos. It's called Eight Side B. I don't know what that means, but that's what it's called. Before that, you're gonna hear Betty Cody, country artist, doing exactly the kind of American Indian exotica I was talking about before. It's called Pale Moon. It's from the early 50s. And we'll start with that sweet soul I promised you. St. Louis band called The Caesars with Get Yourself Together. And why don't you? Friends, Romans, and countrymen, lend me your ear.
is a bright When nights are dark And skies are sharp And wide awake As she acts out her past Of jungle days When the night was her friend In many other different ways She gave protection Gave detection Such strange stuff, huh? Boy, oh boy. I was going to tell you before about that movie, People on Sunday, that we watched. Really interesting. Like I said, it was Weimar Republic, but it didn't have that decadent vibe that you see in a lot of those pictures. You know, you see the uh, Fritz Lang movies and things like uh, Dr. Mabuse and uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and all those. Along with stuff like the Blue Angel and whatnot, that's what you associate with the era. This one here is really an interesting look at uh, the bourgeois life in Berlin in 1929. I guess it was mostly shot. And it was made with a cast of amateurs and was kind of ad hoc in its production. There was a very loose script, but what was going to be done every day was pretty much decided on the spot. 
So in a lot of ways, it was a precursor to things that I really enjoy, like Cassavetti's Shadows, the films of Morris Engel and Ruth Orkin that I've talked about before. It concerned a group of young people getting together to go swimming and picnicking and whatnot outside of the city. Fun and frolic, and there's little romantic liaisons, and nothing much really happens, to tell you the truth. But it's beautifully photographed. It was a collaboration between a lot of different film hopefuls who, because of their Jewishness, had to get the hell out of there, all came to America and became very successful here, including uh, Billy Wilder, one of the most renowned directors of all time, Edward G. Ulmer, who is a big name in the film noir genre, etc. So all these guys did this when they were very young. Later on, when they had all become famous and people asked them about this early work, they all denied that the others had very much to do with it at all, and it was mostly their idea, and it shows you how ugly things get when you get past that bloom of youth and enthusiasm and spirit of collaboration. But it's an interesting thing to watch because you look at the little kids in it, and it's all shot on location, just slices of life that you see. And when you see these kids, you say, well, geez, these kids probably wound up in the camps or in the army, probably dead on a battlefield somewhere. You look at all these beautiful things in Berlin, a lot of which were reduced to rubble, and it all feels so normal uh, when, you, when you watch this. It just seemed like, how could what we know happened have happened? It happens. And sometimes the ones who think they're the smartest are the very last to see it. No joke, no malarkey. But anyway, this beautiful, banal life is depicted. It's uh, charming and weirdly ominous knowing what happened later. I recommend it, it's really ahead of its time. You can see a lot of, like I mentioned, Cassavetes and Morris Engel, but you see a lot of the French New Wave kind of vibe coming up decades before that. Recommend it if you get a chance to see it. Now, this is a weird thing. You know, I'm, I'm a little off my game, I think, because of, um, I don't know, my friend Steve is on my mind a lot. And so, I don't know, I'm a little off center. But anyway, I was thinking about doing a set of things that were related to Captain Beefheart's Magic Band. Some offshoots, solo things, that sort of thing. It's getting kind of late, though. I'm running out of time. And um, I think I... My quotient of weird music has been fulfilled, so maybe I'll do that next time. But one of these bands was Moo, Merrill Fankhauser's band, which also featured Jeff Cotton, Antenna Jimmy Siemens from the Magic Band. And the track I was going to use, I'll put it on that upcoming set of these tunes. But they have this thing called Interlude, and as I was listening to it, I'm thinking, you can't go wrong with the name Interlude. Anytime somebody does a thing called interlude, usually that's what it is. Usually instrumental, usually pretty short. And I'm a kind of guy who likes marginal things, ephemeral things, uh, transitional things, uh, liminal things, you know, off the beaten track sort of stuff. Interludes are always that sort of thing by nature. So I said, why not just do a medley of interludes? So I'm taking four interludes. They're all called interlude. Every track you're going to hear here is called interlude. Hell, I'll throw in a bonus. There'll be five of them. And it's almost completely instrumental. Catch up on a crossword puzzle, return that email, whatever you want to do. This will just be, you know, if you don't want to concentrate on the instrumental music, you can go do something. Or you can focus on them and get the most out of them. I give you that choice here. At Buckaroo Holiday, we give you that choice. So, okay, if you're with me, here's what you're going to hear. First song, it's called Interlude. 
and it's by Bobby Gentry from her album Patchwork from The Great Year, 1971. That'll be followed by a song called Interlude by the band Moo, M-U. That album was released in the great year of 1971. Following that, track from the one and only solo album by Buffalo Springfield bass player Bruce Palmer. And that album was released in 1971. Song's called Interlude. Next up is a song called Interlude by Mort Stevens. And this is from the Hawaii Five O soundtrack, which was released in 1969, but the show was still on in 1971. You know, it's this is like the when they used to build a flaw into the cathedral because only God was perfect. This is what I'm doing here. This is I'm a, like a kind of a, I'm a classic artisan is how you should view me here. Then we're going to hear something from the unfairly obscure singer-songwriter Catherine Howe from her album What a Beautiful Place track called Interlude. The year was 1971. Thank you. 
Are you strong? Are you weak? Do you say what I, with my eyes closed, now say? Or do you smile and fear what lies behind your eyes? Interlude, interlude, here on your favorite hobby cast, Buckaroo Holiday. Yeah, but now what? Now what? Well, nothing much, because we're about out of time. Got time for one more set. And this one will go kind of backwards in time. We're going to start with a track by the Chameleons, or Chameleons UK, as they were known for a while over here. Does that stuff still go on? Remember the English beat, UK squeeze... Now, I could be wrong, but it seems to me from this uh, cursory evidence here that I've presented that the English bands are better than the American bands, whose names are the same, forcing the addition of the English or UK or whatever. So what you ought to do is when you have two bands with the same name and one's English, just tell the American band to break up. Change your name or break up. That's all. But here, see, I go, here I go again. Just uh, stirring up controversy. Anyway, this Chameleons album is from 1986, called Strange Times. The song is called Seriosity. And after that, it's kind of an obscure piece. It's a band called Mother Superior, which is all-female band. They did one album in 1975, and they were a prog band. Didn't last very long, but it's a good album. And this song is called Just One Look. No, it's not the Doris Troy song. I think it has like a backrack element to it. Can't put my finger on it. You know, it's definitely like a prog rock thing, but I hear a little back rack. Prog rock back rack. And Abednego. I'll give you a second to laugh at that one. From the same year, we have a French act called Cortex with a track called Mary and Jeff. Kind of an upbeat instrumental piece. I know, instrumentals. Too many instrumentals? I don't know. I like them. But we'll wind up the set and pretty much the show with a vocal number. Before he was in the group Pentangle, the guitarist John Renborn was accompanist to an American-born singer named Doris Henderson. And you're going to hear Doris Henderson and John Renborn in 1967 doing a song called It's Been a Long Time. Always 
Thanks, Doris, for joining us on Buckaroo Holiday. And that's about it. I don't know, my friends. I hope the next time I'm on here, I'm buoyant with joy over good news about my friend Steve, good news in general, and yeah, the election too. And that you will be just as buoyant with joy because of all the wonderful things that I hereby wish into your lives. Going to have some great stuff coming up on the Patreon in the meantime. Feel free to join. It's a bargain at twice the price. <laughs> and so, I'm going to sign off with a doo-wop song, because that's how I am. I like that doo-wop, especially when it gets all dissonant like this one does. It's a song by the Five Delights, because as I mentioned before, I've wished you at least that many delights, probably even more. Thank you so much for listening to Buckaroo Holiday. And I'll just say a bientôt. Because there will be no goodbyes.
Just Hot Music.